0: Welcome, travelers. We're aware aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern.
1: And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host,
0: Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? We're here. It's exciting. We got big news for you today, and it has nothing to do with magic, the movie. It's true, No <laughs> one liked like that episode People don't like when we talk I about don't, Magic the Movie I don't, I don't they're get really it, about it.
1: <laughs> This is maybe why they're not really focusing on making Magic the Movie
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe So yeah, here we are guys, uh, it's, it's the Masters of Modern podcast um, That was an inside joke from last week's episode But you know, you've probably listened to that one too Unless you're a new listener And if that's the case, welcome to the show yeah. This is a Masters of Modern, we talk modern here every day Magic, best game in the world, modern, best format And uh, yeah, that's what we do You're a format Thanks uh so today
1: magic 25 spoilers are coming out yeah Uh, preview i apologize previews are coming out and it's exciting there's we got two for you that's the big thing today we got two previews not just one it's two
0: yeah which is kind
1: of what happens when these master sets come out
0: yeah it's uh it's wild that like we because we're like the modern podcast they they don't just give us, like, cards that are cool. They give us, like, modern, sweet cards. Well, it's, it, it, sometimes it's also, like, they're commons and uncommons.
1: They're so, like, yeah, these are just commons and uncommons. But, like, in these master sets, the modern, relevant commons and uncommons are like, oh, these both have won multiple, multiple Pro Tours. At least one Pro Tour for one. And the other one has won multiples.
0: They've both at least won a Pro Tour. Yeah. Positively.
1: Right? Oh, maybe one hasn't. No one knows what we're talking about.
0: No, they both have. They definitely both have.
1: I, we'll talk about I it. for it sure later. got in second place at a Pro Tour.
0: They've definitely both won a Pro Tour. Okay. No question. I can tell you which Pro Tours okay. we, once we get there. Cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, fun in fact, those who don't know, Ben has some weird memory thing that he doesn't really talk about. He, like, knows long lists of things like Pro Tours in the situation. He also uh, can name, you can give him any Academy <laughs> Award year, and he can tell you the winner, director, writer, and best actress, best supporting actress.
0: Uh, it's picture director, actor, actress, supporting, supporting back, like, 70 years. I have an 80% photographic memory I, it, with three <laughs> repetitions. I've learned that I ever have, have 80% memory retention and that's like obviously an estimated number, but like, uh, that's just something that, yeah. So anyway, cool. so he knows, do you know every pro tour winner? No. Cause it's not a list that I haven't really committed to memory, but I could probably mostly tell you if you ask me if somebody has or hasn't won one, I'll bet you I'd know. But so I'd... you
1: should add us and let us know if you think Ben should just put the effort to memorize every pro tour top eight of modern history.
0: It wouldn't take much. It would take like a couple
1: hours. That sounds like a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, All right. So uh, before we get into the preview cards that are super epic and awesome uh, and have definitely done a significant amount at tournament play at many levels, uh, we do need to do a little bit of shout-outs. First, you should go check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone. Uh, They are... Uh, also on Collected Duck Company, which is the website we reside on. Jimmy and Josh do awesome commander content, which is awesome magic content. They do game nights. They do all these other stuff on YouTube as well. They're really great. Make sure to check those guys out. Make sure to check out our Patreon. Uh, we literally can't do this podcast without it. It pays for equipment when it breaks down. It pays for our ability to play in major tournaments if we have to travel for them because otherwise we couldn't afford it, and it makes it really just kind of worth making this podcast an effort. So please go check that out. There's a bunch of stuff there, but really it's just about donating to the show, making sure it keeps coming to you for free every week. Uh, If you can, also check out our Facebook group. A lot of people communicate there. If you check out our Instagram, we post pictures there. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I am Kes Wiley, I am at Ben Bateman Media, and the whole podcast is at the MM Cast. Yep. Uh, I think that's the majority of things. Oh, make sure to go check out the games we made. Uh, at you can go to Kes which is the website for my company. You can find Ice hoops and Dropped Up Balls, which are both really sick and at Target right now. Or you can go buy a Super Party Battle. Uh, I played it again over the weekend, and it's awesome. I forgot how fun that game actually is, even though I made it. And then the so last should go play it.
0: Thing to point out here, and you guys know this because uh, I mentioned it in last week's sort of weird episode for just a second, but we bit a sad for well to 10 Minutes of Modern, the, uh, the anchor app station that we were doing for a year. Um, I had floated the idea of possibly doing it daily and continuing to do it as like a Patreon separate thing. But unfortunately, the rebranding of Anchor as an app, which is amazing for me because I have a movie review station now. I'm officially a film critic, and it's called Nerds in Suits, and you can go find it on there. Mm. It's like just actually a thing. Download Anchor.fm, and you'll find me every day. It gets into fancy screenings. I see everything early now. and I has get, It has not taken me to one yet. Yeah, I invited you. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's awesome, and it's really exciting because if you listen to the show, that you know how much I love movies. But what it does mean is that 10 Minutes of Modern is gone. Um uh, I don't know that it... Not because that's replacing it. It's not
1: like Ben is choosing to do one over the other. It's the way that Anchor was supporting Ben in doing either of them has changed. And they- the format for Masters a Modern and the 10 Minutes of Modern thing doesn't really work, though we are planning to put maybe some of that effort yeah. towards... And we don't know yet, but a YouTube channel or a Patreon thing, but for sure... Anchor specifically is probably going there, away. There
0: was a reallocation on their part as having only like a few featured partners, and those featured partners needed to not be so niche. So a magic modern station paid by them was way, way less relevant than a general movie, news and review station, because that's something that any user would find interesting for the most part. Versus like you have to know what you're looking for to find a daily piece of content about the modern format and magic interesting. They had like twelve stations or five. So Um, but we have talked for a while about doing some YouTube stuff and it's probably going to happen and it's probably what you're going to get is some sort of daily thing. So more on that soon.
1: All right. So beyond that, let's get into the episode we just say the preview do you want to do one at a time maybe do one talk about some of the tournament decks it's been in why it's important to the format do the other talk about the same thing and then maybe talk about the main strategy that took us an entire week to figure out that they kind of shared weirdly enough and and discuss that kind of as a strategy in modern that's fair um so the first one uh is one that uh more recently i believe won a pro tour Yep. being at it was in the pro tour winning deck of the last tournament and yep. was one of the cards after that tournament people were cramble you know screaming for bans in fact i would say both of the cards we have on our our oh. episode both have Heavy. often been asked to be banned the other one
0: uh, far more but like
1: yes this yeah. one recently uh it is a color bend as one may say where it is doing things with colors that generally this color shouldn't be doing and it's
0: Simeon spirit guide oh no that Oh, yeah, that's right. I said the wrong card. You said the wrong card. (laughs) (laughs) No. That's why we're going to talk about that one. People don't know what the other one is. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so this card didn't actually win a Pro Tour. Yeah, we we got everyone. That's. Yeah. All right. You guys are so confused. I'm so confused.
1: Should we just. Uh, Stop it, and then go back. No, okay. <laughs> we're gonna keep this in here. All right. So the first year we're talking about, Simeon Spear. Guide. It's early, guys. It's I'm sweet. sorry. Uh, you'll see if you look at collected You can see the artwork. Also, it's on our Twitter and our Facebook. We probably just post the card work everywhere right now. If you're listening to this, but uh, the symbol is awesome. I love the new watermark symbols that they're putting on all the yeah. cards. They're really, really cool. Uh, the you know what? What can we say about this card? I've asked. I've multiple times thought that this card is on a watch list for being. Banned out of
0: modern, uh, yeah, this it, makes it a little less likely. But you know, it breaks the fundamental rule, which you're you're not supposed to be able to have two mana on turn one. Um, but you can with this card. Well, and,
1: and in modern, there's like at least five ways I can think of. Yeah, yeah, doing okay, two yeah. Mana no, on turn but one. I mean
0: that they all are in some ways breaking the rule. I mean, this card more so than like some of the other bad ones, because a lot of the other ones are conditional. This one is just like you have an extra mm-hmm, mana in your mm-hmm. hand. You put yourself down a card. They're, all the other ones are like if you draw gemstone caverns late in the game. It's just a land. And if you draw Chancellor of the Tangle on turn two, you hate your life. And if you don't, draw, if you don't put Mox Opal into a deck that supports it fully, um, you're, you're very constrained with how you can build that card. But this card, in any deck, literally any deck in Magic, as long as you can make use of a red mana on turn one, mm-hmm. you can have two mana on turn one. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's actually the least conditional version of this effect that exists in Modern, and that's why it's on that list, that yeah. fan list.
1: And, and, and the watch list. There's crazy decks that play this card, and, and some of them are degenerate. You know, classically, if you're doing something with Simeon Spirit Guide, it's probably not fair. Right. Um, but you know, the the other thing is, every time the ban conversation comes up, the the second deck on the list I'm going to read out is always kind of pointed at as a deck that like w- w- the world is kind of happy. This deck exists. It's really cool. It does something cool. It's not been. It's never been oppressive because it just loses to a lot itself and a lot of other things. But it, it, if you got rid of this card, there's decks that just wouldn't exist anymore. And I think the point the the Pro Tour that or the pro tour I was referencing that it won, but it didn't. It got second place. Was the when it was in the uh, Summer Bloom decks? Um, oh, oh,
0: it's you, you're forgetting that this card was in I think all of the Eldrazi decks, Eldrazi Winter. I'm pretty sure this was. In J- oh, you're right. This is right. JT's deck. You're totally won correct. the pro tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: okay, yeah. so Simian Spirit Guide won that <laughs> pro tour, but uh, uh, before that, in the Summer Bloom era, this was kind of a card that everyone's pointing out because this is the thing that let you do the. Unfair, I went on turn one slash right. turn two versus turn two slash turn three plays. Right. And, but th- in the end, it looked like, especially at that era, there was people that were kind of cheating to make that happen as consistently as it was happening with Simian Spirit Guide. And so once that was kind of caught, they cut
0: the Simian Spirit Guides to make it a less consistent thing. Um, yeah, it is funny that, like, people go in and out of using this card justifying how good it really is versus being like, like, cause, like, it's an early card disadvantage. Yeah. And it's also one of those things when you think about it where you go, okay. Every single deck in Modern would love to play a turn faster. So, like, there's almost no deck you can think of in Modern that, like, given the opportunity to have this in, in the opening hand, if, if you were to say to them, like, hey, you'll always start with six cards, but you'll always have access to an extra mana on turn one, every deck in Modern would just do it. Sure. But that's not the point. It doesn't necessarily just make your deck better to have the chance to do it. It's such a bad top deck. It's such a bad top right. deck in almost every deck that, like, it's just not worth the putting this in a Jun deck just so you can, like... I don't know, like play Tarmogoyf on turn one. Sure, like it's just-
1: and 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 right now, right now the the deck I was talking about before that wouldn't be able to exist without oh, a Simian Spirit Guide is Ad Nauseum. And Ad, yes. Ad Nauseum is a deck that's really cool that it exists. If you look at uh, the most deck, the most recent decks that are using this uh, Simian Spirit Guide are the most common ones. Ad Nauseum is one of the main ones, um, and the other main one is Living End. Uh, where that's uh, those are like the decks that just use this card. Yeah. Having, and those decks kind of wouldn't work as well if this card didn't exist. And neither of those decks are like, man, I really don't think that Nauseam and Living End should be in Modern. They're just like decks that exist. They're really cool. And so Simian Spirit Guide lets those decks exist differently in both decks. In Living End, it just allows Living End to
0: go off a little bit earlier. I mean, it's in li- in Living End, really what you're looking for with that card is like, you pretty much want to have like a Cycler on turn one and a Street Wraith, and then you want to just like turn two Demonic Dread and get like two big fatties on turn two. Right. And you're, that's like the theory. You're basically a Hollow One deck. You're just like, I want as big as, as much like fat on the table on turn two as I can. Right. And that's why you would do and it. And Seamus probably lets you do it.
1: And Ad Nauseam, the deck literally can't exist without it because the way it wins is with Lightnings, not Lightning Storm. Lightning storm. Don't feel great. No, 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 no. Which one? It's the one where oh, you Oh, have- dredge, yeah. dredge. Lightning yeah. Storm is in... I yeah, yeah, guess, yeah, Lightning Storm, where you, you have to draw decks. your whole deck and you have to discard enough lands, but once you draw your whole deck with that nauseum, you need the Simeon Spirit Guides to be able to cast Lightning Storm, Lightning Storm yeah. otherwise the deck just doesn't work. And yeah. so without Lightning Storm, the deck might find a different win condition, but I think it would be a significantly worse deck for a deck that has never been better than Tier 2.
0: It's funny so, that like Spirit Guide is... Um, not only is it like a color bend, because it's red... Well, actually, red does get rituals, so it's part. That's probably why oh, yeah, it was okay to yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a color bend anymore, but it's a color bend. It was a color bend at the time, and it came from Elvish Spirit Guide. A lot right. of you guys know this probably because it's like you know, if you played Legacy Modern, you probably know about it. But this was originally a card printed in Alliances, um, and it was the same card. It was an elf, and you would exile to add one green, mm-hmm. and they. Printed Simeon Spirit Guide all these years later as a red card, and that's what we've had in modern, but we don't have Elvish Spirit Guide. Well, and if you look if funny. you look
1: if you look at like I have the legacy decks that play Simeon Spirit Guide, and it's like mono red, sneak attack, Eldrazi Stompy, Eldrazi Post, you know, Belcher is the big one that plays both El- El- simian Simeon Spirit Guide and Elvish Spirit Guide for to great effect. And and like I don't think you want too many of these effects in a format. I don't want Belcher to ever be good enough. I guess is the point.
0: Where do you think um, Spirit Guide is best served in modern? Like, where do you think it's the, where do you think it's like most effective?
1: Ad nauseum. Well, I mean, I guess what do you mean by most effective? Because there's two places I think it's most effective. There's the place where it, literally the deck doesn't exist without it, which means it is the linchpin card of that deck in many ways, and I would say that's ad nauseum. Or there's probably the most common way it's used in modern in modern history, period, which is getting a uh, Chalice of the Void on turn one.
0: That's, that's the one
1: I was going to yeah, go for. I, and I think that's the second most common. I think it's the most common place it exists. It might not be the most efficient way of using it because it's,
0: we were trying to do that it. on this podcast. You you probably don't remember right. this. The first episode I was ever on, we brewed a Grand Architect deck. Oh, okay, I was putting Simeon Spirit Guide
1: with Grand Architect and Chalice? Yes. And
0: yeah. that was my thing. was like, we're going to play a straight-up Architect deck with four Chalice of the Void and four Spirit Guide.
1: You've randomly just jammed Chalice and Spirit Guide into a lot of a different decks. A lot of different decks. decks. And, and you know, the, the little bit of the, the secondary half of this episode we're going to talk about is White Red Prison decks. or or prison decks in general, and White Red is, you know, Kind of been bouncing around. The Sun and Moon deck that everyone stopped calling that, even though I thought the name was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, you have Blood Moon, and you have Chalice, and if you get Chalice on one, so they can't play one-drops, so and you get Blood Moon on turn three, or turn two with Simeon Spirit Guide getting either of those cards a play earlier than they need to, a lot of opponents can't deal with that. And it's really powerful.
0: Yeah, prison decks are really interesting. There's, and there's, uh, there, there'll be some interesting prison decks to talk about here on this episode, so we right. can expand on that a little bit. But I think probably before that, let's, should we preview our second card? sure. It's Simeon so Spirit everything. Guide. <laughs> Elvish Spirit Guide. <laughs> That'd be fun if they've
1: had both of them. Yeah, uh, I would love to have.
0: Actually, would Modern break if we had Elvish Spirit Guide and Simeon Spirit Guide? I don't in think it would
1: be good for Modern. If you could play
0: eight of those effects? I think you can
1: play Char Belcher. I think Char Belcher actually becomes a deck, thing. I
0: just think the number of decks that could get away. It would be almost, if you had eight ways to do it, then I think you would start to be like a mental misstep format where like, basically like turn one chalice with eight of those. It would be like a very common thing that would just happen. Yeah. 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 Turn one
1: chalice would be a very common activity in the format.
0: And like, it would just, it would just like, it would change modern. Yeah. It would be horrible. (laughs) I think it'd be awful.
1: Uh, I I would like not to do that. Okay. uh, So this card is the color band I was talking about before, even though you snuck in with your Simeon spirit guides. Yeah. Uh, It did just win the pro tour. Yeah. Uh, It, was being discussed as a card that should be banned recently, and it's Ancient Stirrings.
0: Yes, the green <laughs> cantrip.
1: So for those who don't know what this card does, I guess Sylvan Spirit Guide. You don't know it's a two-two for three. You exile it. You can make a red mana from your hand. You can exile it from your hand to make one red mana. Yeah. Uh, Ancient Stirrings is one green. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a colorless card from among them and put that card into your hand. Then put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. People have said that this is the best cantrip in modern, and I don't know if I disagree with them. It's been in the back of all Tron decks forever, Eldrazi decks.
0: So, years ago, before you and I had this podcast, we were driving back from a GP, a GP San Diego, maybe it was, something. And, was it uh, modern-focused? Yeah.
1: Then it was GP San Diego.
0: And uh, we got into this conversation about this like The Jotun
1: Grunt GP. You played that card? Yeah, in my main deck. I remember I'm a, that. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, a four, Never four. make deck-building decisions at seven in the morning before a tournament.
0: Yeah, that the old four four for two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's
1: the white tarmogoyf.
0: You should have been playing sheltering ancient. That's a uh, much better. That's the
1: that's the tournament that eggs yeah, won. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah Brian Kibler f six yeah, and yeah, yeah. went into the bathroom as a, a, a judge watched his opponent. Yeah, I remember play that. eggs.
0: So um, on the way back from that tournament, you and I got into a conversation about building this like abzan, this like abzan hate bears deck that we thought was cool. It was like we wanted to put Deathrite Shaman in it, and we put four Ancient Stirrings in the deck because we wanted to have swords and Crucible of Worlds. What a weird deck! And like Ghost Quarters. Do you remember this?
1: Yep, I remember the biggest issues is that we were like high on the guy, Leonid Arbiter. Yeah, 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 and, and but also high on Fetchlands, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is not a thing that works <laughs>
0: we were trying to do both yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but ancient stirrings uh yeah so so the, you know the, basically the use of this card generally is defined eldrazi <laughs> in life which is ironic not ironic but it you know the card was printed originally in Rise of the eldrazi so that makes sense but tron makes great use out of this card as its main way of kind of filtering for threats that it needs uh you had it in the Eldrazi decks. You have it now in Eldrazi decks. Red green Eldrazi decks are just won uh, a GP this last weekend or two weekends ago, I believe. I was just uh, watching.
0: Uh, I was just watching Brad Nelson play one of those versus matchups. The uh, the channel SCG mm-hmm. channel SCG one of those things. The versus series. Sure. And He was playing this deck versus turns, and it's it's a, the the green red Eldrazi deck. Sweet. It's yeah. it's yeah, it's yeah. good. It plays a lot of acceleration
1: talismans and.
0: Mm-hmm. All that stuff, Mindstones. And,
1: and the thing it wanted the Pro Touring is it's played in Lantern because it, yep. you know, Lantern is almost all colorless cards, so this allows you to find the bridge you need or yeah. a Lantern of Insight. So you know, it's definitely a really powerful card that's seeing a lot of play. And right off the Pro I'm like, oh, there's no green shouldn't have the access to this good of a cantrip. How is Preordained banned and not Ancient Stirrings? Blah blah blah. I would blah, argue blah. that
0: the most significant function that this card has ever had in Modern is to get. Ensnaring Bridge. Because, like, the that no, deck will it's inevitably... to
1: get Tron pieces. It has to be.
0: Yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, because inevitably in the Lantern deck, you will draw into your lanterns, but the Instaring Bridge is what makes that deck work. Sure. Like, I think if they kill Instaring Bridge, that deck's just dead. I don't think you can play that deck.
1: I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that Ancient Stirrings... Most recently, it's the most powerful thing it was probably doing, but I think if you look at the overall history... Kind yeah. of like what you just described is the Through the Breach... Not Through the Breach. Is the... Uh, through the... Is the uh, Ad nauseum yeah, part yeah. of Simeon Spirit Guide versus, okay, sure. like, I think the most common use being red-white, you know, you get yeah, a Chalice right. of the Void on turn one, is Ancient Striking Finding Tron pieces. It, yep. You know, every Tron deck except for mono-blue Tron, but most Tron decks in the history of Tron have played Ancient Stirrings because it's right. just such an efficient way to find the fight. land you need or a threat you need. So you get either one. Yeah. And so it does a lot of things that that deck needs to be doing. Um, and it's just a really good card. And, and, and it's exciting to see it come back. Uh, the, a deck that we didn't mention with Simeon Spirit God, actually to go back to that, that I remembered is Grishol Brand decks. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and that was kind of the first deck that took advantage of Simeon Spirit God to like, do the turn two kill, where you would... Uh, turn one, or turn two, Simeon Spirit Guide to loot uh, away with Faithless Looting, an Emrakul, put it into your graveyard, and then immediately Gory's Vengeance at instant speed with the mana you have.
0: No, no, you're you're mixing up decks there. The the turn one was you would Faithless Looting, putting Gristlebrand in your graveyard, and then turn two, you would... Oh, no, actually, that's just a regular turn two win. You don't need Spirit Guide for it. You just do that. Spirit guy just allows you to
1: Well, you don't win by having Grizzlebrand in play. You win by getting Emrakul in play.
0: Uh, that, with that deck? No, that deck's the Nourishing Shoal one. you can. No, no, that's Grizzlebrand. You... There's, the gri- there's the
1: You said oh, Okay, there's two versions of that deck. <laughs> the the original version of that deck was all just was the basic version and okay, the, the best thing it could do was Emrakul on turn 2. Right. Uh, I think technically it could do it could do Embercall on turn one. Was the thing where you do one red, yeah, Faithless Looting, Simeon Spirit God again with the swamp you had in play yeah. to play the to play. Um,
0: and you lava spike, and, and you lava spike them for fifteen, and then yeah. they play their first land,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or hopefully it's on your turn. You are <laughs> on the pl- the play, so that you drew a card and you get to make them sack that first land they played.
0: The, the, <laughs> like if you are on the play and then they go to their turn and then they crack a fetch, then it's like they just beat you at two. <laughs> you just don't do anything <laughs> else the rest of the game. <laughs> um,
1: well, and that, that deck eventually turned into the Grixis versions of the deck. The Grixis Gordia's Vengeance decks that are playing Jace, Prince Prodigy, right. and have Snapcat, you know, they have different ways to kind of do that. And then there's the grizzlebrand Band decks that take a, that also have that kind of game plan, but they get Grizzlebrand Brand in the play, draw a bunch of cards, use Nourishing Should to gain a bunch of life, draw a bunch of cards, use Nourishing Should to gain a bunch of life, draw a bunch of cards, and then uh, get Gr- uh, uh, Barogamos into play. Borbergamos. Gramos using those Simeon Spirit Guides that they have in their hand, uh, and kill their opponent. Sweet. So You're
0: a crucial brand.
1: So love that deck. <laughs> uh, but Angel Stirrings, Simeon Spirit Guide, in M25, get hyped. Yeah. Uh, you can literally, with these two cards and the Mythic that they spoiled, previewed earlier this week, being Chalice of the Void, Yeah. find that Chalice on turn one, and then... Turn two, play chalice. Or on turn one, just play chalice. <laughs> a lot of ways to get chalice in the play on turn yeah, one. Did and you two. see
0: the other big spoiler this morning? The land Reg- The land. Yeah. Richard and Port at rare.
1: Oh, I did not see that. That's crazy. <laughs> right. That's crazy. Yeah. Richard and lot. Port has needed a reprint for a long time. Long time. time. At yeah. rare though. That's like yeah, yeah. I feel
0: like that's gonna just, just just decimate the price of that card. At rare? Maybe. That's like I mean, people that card, are talking
1: about the set. The set is really swinging in value. Like half the set's worth a lot, and then half the set is worth like nothing. And so niv, like
0: Niv Mizzet the Firemind. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Richard and Port. I wonder what is what is a Richard and Port from Masks worth right now? Ninety five dollars. It's worth ninety five bucks. That's gonna that's gonna be like a thirty or twenty dollar card by the end of this. Less even.
1: So so now let's let's talk about a little bit of the deck subject of the day, so that we have a little bit more than just talking about the cards we're previewing. Yeah, Um,
0: seems like a good plan.
1: And I think the best way to kind of going about that is, you know, prison decks is what we're really looking at. Because both of these cards are used in combo decks. Ancient Stirrings is not as much like the last combo deck it was used in. It was played in, both of these decks were played in the Summer Bloom decks. So, But I think really the cards you're looking at that are really important to talk about are Red White Prison and, and Lantern Control.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's let's start with Red White Prison because there's been, like, sort of some interesting versions of this pop-up recently. And I think this brings brings to mind a point that I've mentioned on the podcast before, and you and I have talked about before, which is that um, Eldrazi decks, because of Eldrazi Temple, they lean into the idea of playing their threats early. That's, like, the whole mm-hmm. idea of having Eldrazi Temple. So it's like, you've seen a lot of these Hate Bears decks recently now, like Eldrazi Hate Bears. There's, like, right. blue-based ones, there's white-black ones, there's all different versions. Um, well... What Spirit Guide has done is, I, I saw recently this red-white like Eldrazi prison deck pop up, and it's playing like three Gemstone Caverns, four Simeon Spirit Guide, four Temple, and it's gone beyond just playing uh, four Chalice on turn, or four Chalice. It plays Thalia, like four Thalia. Mm-hmm. It's like literally trying to go, what's the most disruptive thing I can do on turn one? Like, how can I get a turn ahead to slow my opponent down and then kill them with a threat? And, like, that's, to me, the most interesting thing I've seen recently with Spirit Guide is just people sort of combining these two ideas. In the same way that people combined Eldrazi Tron and Regular Tron, and it was like, well, but, you know, you don't really want your Eldrazi Temple trying to cast a Karn, but it's like, who cares? It's just a land. You'll draw the best half of your deck most of the time. It's the same with this. It's like, sometimes you'll draw the Eldrazi half, sometimes you'll just draw the prison half. But it's not like the crossover is that different. That well, on the
1: Adrazi half, the, a lot of the old Adrazi half is pretty hateberry. I mean, like, Thought not Seer right. is real good in that type of archetype where it's like, oh, man, I'm going to be able to cast this one thing that will maybe get me back there because they're locking out all these other things I can do. Because I can cast this thing, and I'm going to get there. they like, oh, Thought Not Seer.
0: Yeah, what's <laughs> funny about the Thought Not Seer plan is, like, it's, like, ultimately the best two drop in the deck. <laughs> because it's like you have, a, you have a soul land and all these other ways. You, you have a soul land and spirit guides. You can just turn two thought not here with like some regularity.: Yeah yeah, which is what the, that's what that card always wants, you know
1: right.: All right. Um, I asked Twitter uh, to give us a little bit of some breakdowns of what they define a prison deck as, and right. I wanted to read some of them out loud. Uh, Jim Cassell, at uh, Frost underscore, uh, the, the quotes pH. we have the pH, uh, quotes, "Can I do things?" Dash. If yes, dash, then it's not a prison deck. Fair. Uh, Group hug for people who don't like group hug.
0: Group hug. Group hug is like a
1: commander strategy where you're trying to be nice to everyone. It's like the reverse of group hug. It's like no one can do anything instead of everyone gets to do a lot of things. Uh, So... Crowley at Joel P. Under dash Crowley, flipping the table, question mark. Yeah, prison decks. <laughs> uh, making I get that. The, Josh at Flarein, making the opponent's relevant cards to winning the game irrelevant through various permanents that make them virtually unable to win or play magic. A prison deck makes your opponent unable to do things. Contrast against a control deck where your opponent
0: can try to do things right you allow them to do what you want to allow them to do versus the other one which is like the, i mean the whole advantage of playing a prison deck why people like playing prison decks is that it's it's the most it's it's like the most proactive like i'm going to do this thing and then it doesn't really matter if i have action the next turn cuz you're not going to have action so i'll just draw and draw and draw until i draw something that can kill you because you won't be able to do anything it's like ultimately kind of lazy cuz it it allows you to not have to interact very much it's it's classically you know the
1: it's one of the things people are most annoyed to play against by I find often yeah. and like th- there's always a story of like these are the most unfun things in magic and it goes it goes land destruction counterspells discard yeah. and sometimes counterspells and discard are switched right. because it like they all feel like you're taking the opponent people always feel like it's better to have their creature killed on board than they ever feel like it it's fun to have like them unable to cast their creature and so, for whatever reason, these are strategies that have been kind of locked out, but prison decks kind of take advantage in different ways to accomplish those things. You know, red-white prison decks are trying to do Chalice into, into Blood Moon with a Thalia play in the middle of it, or a Lean and Arbiter in there to make it so your opponent like can't use their lands. It's turning their lands off in different ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the Lantern Control deck controls, makes it so your creatures can't attack, and then makes it so nothing on top of your deck that could ever be relevant to you winning is going going to be available to you by being able to look at it and mill cards that come up that are relevant uh, and and often prison decks are also decks that kill you slowly it's not like a oh i got a combo you can never play the game again it's a oh you think you might have a chance to try and come back at some point let me keep locking you out as the game goes on and on
0: it's the slow burn god it's slow
1: Uh, yeah and and there's an argument if these things are healthy for the format but I kind of think they are I think like a a prison deck is something that there's no there's always going to be prison decks because they're always going to eventually print enough cards that kind of make that happen even if we ban lantern control out of the format people are going to come from left field and be like okay red white prison is a thing and then if they get rid of that there's going to be black white Eldrazi prison and if they get rid of that like there's so many like they'd have to ban what to get rid of prison decks in the format Thalia Leon and Arbiter, Blood Moon, Chalice. Uh, Chalice, Magus of the Moon, Magus of the Moon, Blood Sun, Blood Sun. Now, uh, that six cards, and if they really don't ban it. all six of those, there is still going to be prison decks still in the format. Have
0: we seen any Blood Sun decks yet?
1: No, I think Blood Sun has done almost nothing in Modern,
0: which is crazy. Yeah. I like,
1: I am so surprised by that.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, it'll pop up.
1: It'll. It still, still surprises me that it draws a card. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. <laughs> it's great. I've been saying we should just be playing that with Felidar Guardian. That seems great. That seems so good.
1: Why don't you make the deck? Maybe I will. Take it to a GP. Maybe I will. Yeah. GP Phoenix coming up.
0: Are you kidding? Playing a proactive deck that actually can do things to win the game? I would never take that to a GP.
1: I don't think that what we described is a prison deck. I feel like that's not proactive.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. If it's not playing Flame Jab, I don't want to play it. <laughs> you could play Flame Jab. It's Flame rad. Jab, Boom Bust. These are the cards that you take to GPs. Boom Bust isn't bad. Yeah, boom Bust is great you are playing uh flagstones? Yeah. I lo- you know that I took this was the prison the weird prison deck that I took to hey, San Antonio. Well. Uh debatable. I mean, I won almost 50% of matches around that. That's good for you. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like I I like had a conversation with Roxy recently and uh the <laughs> the conversation went something like so, I just played some games of Magic with Alex, and uh, she was like, how'd you do? These were like games we jammed in New York last week, just like, whatever. And I was like, ah, I played this dumb deck I'm trying to work on. I lost five in a row. And she like paused. She was like, you really lose a lot. <laughs> 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 just like, thank you. Thank you.
1: I feel great about it. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, I was playing my Jun deck, but with Bloodbraid elves, but yeah. I still have Life the Blood Bloodbraid's really oh, that's good. So good. Bloodbraid and Jace, yeah. happy about it. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Jace, that's the other kind of big card that goes with the prison strategies. If anything, it makes them stronger because now you, you once you lock it out, Jace is a way to kind of fate lock seal. the game out and fate till your opponent. Do it you is kind on. of a prison deck. It's kind of doing what Lantern was doing on one card versus Lantern's whole strategy. Now, a lot of people thought Jace would see play in Lantern. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe. I mean, I think maybe in the sideboard, but like it, what does Jace do that the deck already just isn't doing?
0: Yeah, it's just a four it's drop like a four you're adding drop in. like it's I mean, I don't think Jace is really powerful, and I definitely saw some stuff, I have some videos that have now popped up, and it's great to see Jace in modern, and it's going to totally kind of like warp the format to have to have cards that can deal with Jace. But I uh, don't know, like I don't, I mean, I, I, obviously people are going to have to play answers, but my experience
1: with it so far is that it's fine. It's like fair. It's probably better than some of the other cards that they've unbanned, but it's not much better. It's like I, as,
0: you don't think it's as bad as the troll unbanning?
1: Uh, I think the troll unbanning in the long run, did more of an unhealthy thing than the Jace, Jace's on band will do. And I don't think off is going to do anything with
0: the format, I think. The Troll and I remember, like, was... I felt like it was kind of innocuous, and I was surprised that they re it. it. I, I mean, the Dredge deck was powerful, but I didn't remember, like, leading... Am I, mean, I just misremembering that? Like, leading up to it, was Dredge the only thing people were playing? Or was it just...
1: Dredge like, and Infect were, like, very... Uh, probably problematic i think dredge was just the best deck in the format and Wizards doesn't ever want dredge to be the best deck in the format right because right, it's right. not magic it's dredge which is a different way it's like solitaire you know yeah right versus and then in fact was also just like Sally too powerful and they wanted to take a little bit of death shadow so yeah. they were trying to just do something with that so that was kind of what they were trying to get to so, uh, the, the next thing is, I, uh, there's a comment on our official Masters of Modern Facebook group that I wanted to read. Because it does have a, an interesting conversation, especially where everyone was at, emotionally, after the pro tour. And it's, the trifecta of Mo- Moon, Bridge, and Talos are all in A25. Not to mention, Richard Port. import. Uh, Wizard of the Coast says, ban Lantern. We actually want prison to be more accessible. Thoughts? Should we expect Trinisphere in the set to now, too, as well?
0: It's kind of funny that Trinisphere doesn't see more play. We've talked about this on the podcast yeah, before. Yeah. but yeah,
1: It's just not a thing. I don't... Yeah, I don't know, because there's not enough soul lands. I think I guess to so. To yeah. really get it in earlier, like you need maybe if there was elvish spirit guides as well.
0: And it's but, weird though, because it's just a three drop, and people play blood moon. So right. like, yeah.
1: But like, add these two cards to this list. There's definitely an argument that wizard is saying, you know, prison decks is a thing people should be doing in modern. Do you think that's problematic? Do you like that? That's a thing that's happening. Are we? Do we want?
0: I think that More there's this,
1: or should we mm, kind of be rallying against
0: it? Let's let's call it, let's call it what it is. This set is not entirely being introduced to reduce the cost of buy into modern. That's not really what this this was about. Some of the cards, it's about that. Some of these cards that are getting reprints, like Imperial Recruiter, that's not a card that's going to be in modern. It's just like a card they wanted people to be ha- able Ooh, to have but, in their hands. But
1: Masters of sets exist now, especially now that they're being sold in the Walmart and Target and stores like that. The exist t- to depreciate the cost of cards. Like that's why they started doing them. Masters, the Modern Masters, one, the first master set, which is like excluding almost. the online master sets, which were also technically about this was came out as a response to we created modern to make it easily more accessible for people to play eternal formats and because of the reserved list actual eternal formats can't be that so we created modern to jump over that which means that we'll be able to reprint sets here is a set we're reprinting go
0: modern so, one uh, Modern Masters one the ev is like through the roof right it's crazy it's, it's crazy. like but, insane. and and like
1: they learned a better balance to that they also learned the razor srp you know there was mistakes they made on that that was great for us yeah, as a right. people but um this set and iconic masters before that, you know, they uh, are meant to increase card availability and make modern less expensive, and other formats less expensive to get into. Gavin on uh, Verhe did a Reddit post t- two weeks ago, one week ago, specifically talking about the future of master sets, and his statement was, "It's." Not unlikely that we do a mass, modern Master set again, but moving forward, Master sets are going to be much more thematic-based than format-specific. Um, so from this point on, kind of the idea is we're going to get stuff like Iconic, where it was like we're doing dragons and demons and angels. Now we're doing Master's 25, which is an anniversary set, so there's going to be a card from every set in the entire thing, and there's going to be a lot of old, some older cards, some newer cards.
0: What's the Homelands reprint? We don't know yet. Sweet. <laughs> uh, Spectral <it's>, bears. <laughs>
1: um, probably Brainstorm.
0: It's not from Homelands. It's from Ice Age.
1: Oh. What's the best card in Homelands? Uh,
0: that's a good question. You, you talk, look that up while you're uh, talking.
1: Um, that's what these sets are about. So Wizards is definitely making a much more slowed down and controlly modern, a more accessible format because there's a lot of these cards that m- locked people out from playing. You could not play some of these decks because they were expensive and now players have an easier chance of possibly getting their hands on these cards. Is this something that we want to see in modern or something you're excited about or is it something you're maybe a little bit resistant to, especially because prison strategies so often are disliked by the community?
0: Um I think I think the answer is that I'm okay, like you were just a second ago, to have prison decks in Modern. I don't think it's a problem. I don't think so far that it feels like Lantern is really a problem. Um, I'm okay with it existing. I get. I think if it was to, like, to continue winning at a high level, I would probably have issues with it. But as it stands right now, I'm okay with it. Um, the, as far as the response to the Master sets and everything, and, and Wizards sort of printing these cards and everything, I don't love that idea that, that master sets are going to exist the way you're talking about. I think that that's fine. I liked it better when we had the modern masters idea that every couple of years we would get this modern specific set. The the iconic masters, eternal masters like it's fun. We've had a couple. I'm definitely excited about the EV on this set. There's some really cool stuff in it. I like don't want mo- like Magic's whole entirety of its all its sweetest cards to just all start being depreciated. And I think we're already like a breaking point I like don't think after this one I don't want to see another master set for a couple years and I know that's not the case
1: well I I think I think we had master set fatigue and I think last year was an example of that where we had two a year I think they've also stated that they're going to slow down and do it like more likely once a year now they're obviously working really hard even with the new standard decks that they're coming out with to make magic much more accessible for people kind of jumping into the field but if you look at master sets likely we're going to be getting at least one a year moving forward Th- and their focus is no longer going to be this is for modern, this is for legacy. It's going to be uh, the tribal master set. Or, right, right, right. you know, if you look at other products they've done in the past, they were much more themed the artifact master set, the, you know, and going that route, doing something kind of akin to what they were kind of doing with masterpieces, but they don't have the same limitations of it has to make sense on the plane they're on. It can just be any good artifact in magic history, or, you know, we can do a set that's any
0: good tribal card. So the answer to the question about Homelands. Yeah. <laughs> and this is insane because like I legitimately like you go back to old sets that are panned and you're like, there's gotta be four cards that people remember from that set.
1: Sure. And sometimes it's like they've been reprinted like like Ice Age has Brainstorm. we yeah. like and it has necro necroponents. And yeah. so it has like two of these insane cards. They just were also reprinted ten times. So the yeah. pack of Ice Age is valueless. But Homelands
0: has memory lapse, merchant scroll. Those are the two best cards wow. printed. Merchant Scrolls is pretty good. Yeah, Merchant Scrolls is a real card. Yeah. It's worth three thirty-five. If you open a pack of. You can probably buy a pack of Homelands for like 99 cents right now. I'll bet you.
1: Maybe a little less for like the value of people doing dumb drafts.
0: On uh, Hava Constable. It's worth 35 cents. Spectral Bears. It's in the set. I was right. That exists. <laughs> My guess is that it's Merchant <laughs> Scroll. By far. It's got to be Merchant Scroll. Memory Lapse is a sweet card, but as a stab. As established by the conversation that I had recently on the now defunct Ten Minutes of Modern Station about two drop counter everybody's just like, even if that existed in Modern, people would probably just like play Remand. It's like delays almost better. Yeah, and like that. So Merchant Scrolls the card. Um, so there you go. I like. I'm okay with like. I like that Magic is more accessible there's a there is an element to modern and legacy in any format that's like an expert level format even commander to some degree though i know like commander is like a little bit more let's have fun with our cards than those others it's not like i'm going to pimp out my four ofs of everything in my deck it's like a different feeling but even with commander to some degree
1: i mean there there is a uh, high level of premiumizing no, your no, for your sure. deck status and commander. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: I'm not saying people don't do it, but I'm just saying there's like there's this level of pride of like you've invested something into this game and you want the thing that you have sleeved up to feel like it has value to you. It's not exciting when you feel like every few months or every 6 months, every year there's a high likelihood that well, your investment's just going to be worth a little less and a little less and a little less. It's, there's supposed to be a balance.
1: Well, but the other hand of that is Modern became the most popular format in Magic over the... Uh, that, that competitive format of Magic over the last two years. And when that happened, we were in a world where if they weren't these Master Sets, that A, probably wouldn't have happened. I think the reason Modern became as popular as it did is because people gained more access to it with Master Sets. And B, the cards that they gained access to are you know, the, the the popularity of it would have made it impossible for anyone to buy into without these master sets releases. If you couldn't get these cards for Ben found my fidget cube. They're amazing. It's really cool. I recommend it to everyone. If we could be sponsored by fidget cubes and make it happen. It's not like a fidget spinner that's annoying. You can do this and like be subtle about it. But back to what I was talking about. Uh, give it to me. <laughs> um, we... Are in a situation where I think the only way modern is at the popularity that it is today and the health that it is at today could not have happened without master sets. And the large amount of master sets that we printed. Remember, four years ago, people were being like, modern's too expensive. This is crazy. How dare these cards be $70? And now people everyone's still like, say right. <laughs> so <laughs> that problem hasn't been fixed. And if Wizards needs to sell packs, this is a way to sell packs. This is a way to sell packs directly to modern players. Could be worse because they don't make money on the b- the back end. Now we need to make sure sort of store. That's the other end of this, and I and I, I w- discussed this online with people late, earlier uh, this week. But if Wizards were to print every card into the ground, just every card's common ever printed, and we just make everything worth exactly ten uh, the, the yep. 10, a dollar, Magic would die, and it wouldn't die because investors or people lose the value of their collection it would die because every local game store in the country would go out of business overnight that's who gets hurt by these price depreciations people always think it's like shady uh magic finance dudes who are in a corner trying to make it happen but the people that get hurt are stores that are like you know what, i'm a local card game store i every month barely make rent because the magic cart the gathering community isn't it's not, a, it's not a model that you're making tons of money on generally unless you're doing eBay sales. Um, as I do this, I, you know, the reason people come to my store is because I have good draft prices. Uh, my price support is really good. I have a cool community and I have these cards that I bought and, and have invested in to offer my community a way for them to uh, be able to buy the cards they need. And that is 90% of the profit I make is off of as a store is off of that case. Of cards. And the right. moment you make all of that worthless is the moment that that store no longer has profit. If you do the math for a store and see how much money they make on a draft, it's nothing.
0: Yeah, it's almost nothing. It's just to get people in the door.
1: Like, so... And private players because because other stores are out there and because they're making their money off of singles, the, the what people accept for a cost of the draft is rarely going to be more than 15 dollars. If yep. I have to pay more than 15 dollars for a draft, I'm going to be salty about it. yeah and, and I'm nice I'm a nice person. <laughs> totally. uh, so the the, the situation you right are in there is you have to have singles be a, have a value, and so there's going to be a need to be a fine balance between those two things. yeah um, now. Last thing, yep. if you were to play any deck with both of these cards, what, what do you play? What would it be? Yeah, ancestral vision, city uh, spirit guide. Now remember, chalice is really bad with ancestral Anche- vision. Ancient strings, Ancient strings. Sorry, yeah, chalice is really bad with Ancient Stirrings.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think probably what I would do um, would be instead of going for like the the tron deck, um, I would probably no, nah, that doesn't really work because you really you really want to be playing chalice. Um, I would probably try to build some sort of land destruction crucible of the world's type of deck. Okay, um, like an L- like an LD crucible deck that's taking advantage of like maybe maybe it's blood sun. Uh, maybe it's like I I don't know what I'm doing necessarily with this because blood sun with fetches is horrible. But like I would try to find crucible. I don't with think ancients.
1: you play vegetables with this. I think because you have ancient stars you don't need fetches.
0: Yeah, well, crucible really wants you to play fetches. But sure. Um, I would I would probably do something like that because I think searching for. Obviously, like getting Ghost Quarters and getting lands with Ancient Stirrings is sweet. Getting Crucible with Ancient Stirrings is super sweet. And Crucible's a 3-drop, so getting it into play a turn early is great. Um, and I think, I don't really know why Spirit Guide would be in that deck necessarily. Um, but I have my answer. What do you got? Summerbloom. Oh, you would just play Summer Bloom? Yeah, I think that's the like the best
1: deck that uses both of these cards in the format, thinking about it, even now.
0: Because you can get pa- no packs are colored cards. They're not
1: colored. No, not but cards. you can get all the lands you need. You get bounce lands. You get the lands that activate it to give Primeval Titan haste. You get you right. get Teleria West. You get all of these. You get the one that gains you life. So you have all your lands that you get access to with Ancient Stirrings, and then you get. I mean, that's fair. Simian Spirit is good in that deck because you get the cast Azusa on turn two.
0: <laughs> that's totally fair.
1: Yeah, that, I cool. think that that'd be the direction I'd go. All right, so I think that's it for the episode today.
0: Yeah. Sweet. Uh, I guess the other deck maybe that I would play would be a non-chalice architect deck because I like the idea of a turn two architect. Like
1: a teamer teamer tech? Teamer architect?
0: Well, something just because like architect wants wants you to have uh, colorless two drops that you can cast off of it the turn that you play it. So having Spirit Guide means you can cast those on turn one when you have them in your opening hand, like whether it's like a piece of acceleration, like a Mm -hmm. talisman or something like that. I think that's really really cool. And then also, if you're playing that deck, you're probably playing like some number of sweet artifacts. So Ancient Stirrings becomes like a really solid dig five on turn one to set up your turn three or your turn two kind of deal.
1: I actually really like that. I think Ancient Stirrings on turn one getting you an artifact that on turn two you can cast Architect with Spirit Guide. Yeah, and cast that artifact. Is like totally sweet. Yeah. Or you can use the Spirit Guide to turn, play that two 2 drop artifact on turn one. Yeah. It becomes a much more like two drop based artifact deck, but that could be totally sweet. Yeah. Into it. Teamer, Simeon Spirit Guide, Ancient stirring Duran Architect, the deck. Everyone start brewing it. Post it on our Facebook. Go to the official Masters of Modern Facebook, uh, and Ben will talk, t- critique it, and work with you <laughs> on it there. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter. We are at the MM Cast. I am at Kess Wiley.
0: I'm at Ben Bateman Media.
1: Make sure to follow us on Instagram and everything else. We're all the at the MM Cast there as well. Uh, big thing is uh, we've been doing a contest, and we're going to do it all the spring and the end of spring will happen. But uh, we're going to give sweet Masters of Modern packs or Modern Masters packs to. Uh, probably modern masters three but modern masters packets to people that tweet on instagram using hashtag masters the mm cast uh kesco and you go to a target and you take a picture of yourself with a dropped up ball or an ice hoop they're in the spring summer aisle. they're cool i'm Sweet. selling them they're fun go check them out uh lastly uh we're gonna do a kickstarter probably in april for a new game we're coming out with uh but also go check out super party battle it's on ThinkGeek.com. it's really fun it's like really fun
0: Sweet. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the mmcast at
1: rocketjump.com.
0: See you later. Alligator.